G'day punters, welcome to the mailbag. Pete Anthony joined by Rob Scurry and special guest from ReadyBet, Mark Roden, to review Randwick and also the Quokka, the first ever edition of a race named after a marsupial. And look, it was a pretty decent day's racing, I think, overall, both states. Um, Rob, I'll throw to you first. We've been bemoaning lack of tempo in a few of these races in Sydney over the last few weeks, and then suddenly uh, there was a few where they went batshit crazy. I'll keep you on your toes. Um, exciting <laughs> race. Good to be out there. Perfect day weather-wise at Randwick. I had the old man drop in for four or five races. And, um, yeah, I, I think we saw a really, really good horse there. Well, a couple of really good horses there, so happy to talk about it. Uh, what was the day like on course? Because it is kind of like the fifth beetle of the championships. Um, no one actually cares about it, but was there anyone there? Um, look, I'm not really the person to ask because I only go to sort of certain areas. I'm around the mounting yard and then I go up to maybe the wink stand, and which is hundred you know, the 200-meter mark. Um, I barely get out the front. I don't really look in the betting ring. Um, it was an br- easy, breezy day. The octagonal bar where I can charge my stuff was open. No one was in there. So, yeah, it looked, it looked pretty quiet. But maybe too many good options in Sydney to do on a Saturday afternoon. It was glorious, uh, yes. glorious day. It was like 25, 26 Um Bit up the inside. I thought we could stamp that early, Mark Roden. Uh, certainly early. Uh, it, not not so much the case later on. Was, well, you know, you had the the, the hilarious Diamond race um, where <laughs> anything could have won after what happened uh, in the middle stage of that race. But um, yeah, I thought it was a big advantage to be rails and run in the first half of the car, but it sort of was a bit more even later. Yeah, That's that could have been not, field size as well. Yeah, yeah and not. Um, not as normal, you know. Randwick later in the day, they seem to get wider. And but I say that, but the last winner rail, Democracy Manifest, came throughout the inside. So I think that was probably preferable, but not essential. Put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Almost fair. Well, well done. Full credit. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Mark, how did you find the date, both personally and then also on behalf of ReadyBet? Uh, personally, okay. I didn't get. Massively involved uh, on the punt because I was a bit scared of the pattern. Uh, but my main player of the day was Alentia in the Phillies race, and she got the job done at around $6 early. So that set me up very nicely. But um, on the ready bet front, uh, I decided that militarised was under the odds in the Champagne Stakes, <laughs> and we lost an awful lot of money on that. And I was out of my misery pretty quickly. Yes. Uh, what was the turnover like on the Quokka, out of curiosity? Um it was good. It, no, it was actually – it was quite a keen betting race with us, actually. Unfortunately, and I didn't know this, I'd, I'd nipped down to the pub to watch it because it was about 10 to 6 mm. uh, in time and it was about time I had a drink and, uh, thought I, you know, I thought we didn't want Amelia's Jewel and then I found out after the race someone's had um, a very large bet on overpass at $14 when they are going into the gates and wiped us out, so that wasn't much fun either. Yeah, it was very firm there late. Rob, talk to me about overpass because uh, as far as I'm aware, the horse was gelded between – preparations and had the two trials going into it um look the horses obviously got pretty decent sydney figures but where would you put it in terms of your rankings of sydney sprinters um the b list of overage uh i i couldn't trust it the last prep or two has looked a bit dodgy it has you know run some good races against some top a graders um but i just just couldn't quite trust it. Um, so yeah, I, I, it and the other one looked shadow shades of rose or whatever that that looks completely gone. I kind of had them both a bit like oh, I, says, I can't trust it. Um, full credit, 
Bjorn Baker's got it to travel and win by a nose. Um, the second horse looks like the one to follow. Yeah, and we were talking briefly before the race about a few of these. Um, Asfura was very screwed down, probably didn't really have any excess at all on it. Uh, overpass, just a professional parade. Shades of Rose looked probably as good as it could. Mm. Um, Bella Nipotina probably wins if it's a softer track, but also was slow away and just got itself into a horrible spot in run and arguably has gone as well as the winner. Uh, sorry, as the runner-up, I should say. And, um, you know, look, she's obviously very talented, but I'm still not totally convinced about her over 1,200 versus some of these rural top-end Eastern State sources. Uh, Mark, we did have a question regarding her ability to potentially tackle an Everest. I think she'll just go to the Golden Eagle, but uh, where does she sit in the rankings of our champion sprinters? I think we only really have one left, don't we? Uh, we've got two, haven't we? Two? Do you kick? And I wish I win. Yes. Good point. Two of them. Yeah. Uh, not there yet. I'm loath to underestimate horses with a turn of foot like hers, though. Mm. Um, I wish I wish I win's got the same thing. I underestimated him because, you know, that, that racing style. Is that necessarily her racing style, though, or is that just barrier-driven on Saturday? It was more barrier-driven. Um, she did have initially barrier nine uh, before they had to do the redraw. Oh, so redraw. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been interesting. Um, but... Look, she, she can settle more prominently if yeah. needed, but probably midfield at best. Yeah, so anyway, she has a devastating turn of foot, so I wouldn't um, like to put a ceiling on her just yet. Uh, they've got all sorts of options with her, but it looks like it's going to be dominated by the Golden Eagle. Unfortunately, I'd much prefer if uh, we didn't have all these age-restricted races that she have to pick between um, the Everest and, say, the Cox Plate or something like that. Um, that would make for a fascinating spring campaign for her either way, but, uh, you know... If you had a four-year-old with her ability and there's that much money on the table, why wouldn't you go for it? Like, um, didn't I wish I win win it last year? Yeah, exactly so right. You've got it. You've got it. Yeah. So I think his preparation would be the uh, the template there. So raced in an open handicap over 1,400, then went to the Testarossa over 13, Turok handicap, and then was the Golden Eagle. So that probably looks like some sort of logical pathway. They could get greedy and go via the Everest and just try and get, you know, pick up all the money everywhere uh, mm-hmm. along the way. That didn't work for Arcadia Queen, though, did no. it? No, certainly didn't. Uh, I think she, well, from memory, and I'm probably odds on to say it anyway, but ran into a heavy track. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that didn't quite quite work out for her. But, um, look, you know, heaps of time to between now and then, but it just goes to show, like, we are getting to a bit of the spring carnival the early part of it anyway, becoming just a bit of a joke because no one really cares if they win anything because it's always just leveraged so heavily in favour of these multi-trillion dollar races. Absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, uh, with all the concern uh, that these races are having on the pattern in inverted commas, we've stuffed the pattern because all these uh, barrier trial races uh, in the early spring uh, have been elevated to group one because some good horses have won them in years gone by. Yeah. Isn't racing great? Yeah. <laughs> they get it both the ways. The game is gone. <laughs> grim grim uh no surprise overpass was the best figure on the card at ascot um on punning forms data if we go around the grounds uh Sandown, the best figure on the day was she dances uh mm. which is impressive winning as a three-year-old in at morfordville jenny lala narrow best figure of the day over there uh server 
not exactly sure how to pronounce that, Mark. Uh, you'll be better off consulted. My French is not good. And uh, in, at Eagle Farm, Prince of Boom in the last race, that was the best figure there. But if we turn our attention to Randwick, we had the two group ones uh, with the All-Aged and the Champagne. If we start with the All-Aged, I still have no idea what they were doing with Cascadian, um, why they scratched him from the Queen Elizabeth to race in this 2,000 metres as opposed to 1,400 when he looked cherry ripe. My conspiracy theory bias suggests that he would have knocked Animo's teeth out and um, at least placed, which is the way I was really wanting to bet that race. So I'm talking through my lack of pocket. But yeah. uh, he's still okay. run tremendously. Zaki's gone pretty well first up on a very fast tempo and Giga Kick is just a extremely good horse and I look I guess we have to say that he can run 1400 meters after looking at this tempo very fast 8.5 lengths to the 600 mark and look he's managed to finish off and pretty comfortably absolutely yeah I, I was concerned about the track pattern with him you know he's drawn the outside one of the outside barriers he was clearly just going to go back which is what he did he was second last in run and I wasn't convinced that was the place to be but he's um well the Patton wasn't as pronounced as we thought, and he's just proven himself to be the best horse in the race. I wasn't too concerned about 1,400 uh, pre-race. It was more it was more the map, um, but the map wasn't an issue, and the best horse has won. And we saw a very fast tempo, which obviously helped him find the line. Um, when you're doing your review going forward, what are you making of a horse like Zaki, who's managed to settle on speed and has really still figured thereabouts in the finish? Well, that's a, a very good run. I, I was, I, I didn't bet early. I was actually looking maybe to back him because I thought he was the one that mapped best of the main chances. But uh, Rob, you uh, gave us a bit of a slow on him from the outset. Looked at maybe a run short, didn't you? Yeah, I, I even got in touch with uh, Jack Dickens at baggybet.com.au and um, <laughs> advised him to maybe give him a role in consultation with the old man who was seeing him very well. Um, but a lot of horses looking very well here. Giga Kick parading sharp. Um, happy boy, uh, just just sort of doing what he does in the yard, and he looked cherry ripe. I, you know, I I put him on top. I agree with Mark. You know, I'm fucking listening to you. You know, getting too great up. Map going back. 1400, I guess at Randwick is not usually a hard run. 1400, but it seems to have was a little bit here. But he's he's just um yeah proper horse. We had a Japanese import um come here, and I th I think um. You know, this is this this is the best of Australian sort of racing. It needed Valana in the race, so I think he's right up there in, in, with with these. And not quite sure what pr private eye, but I, I don't think Japan will have too much luck sending their sort of welter horses, twelve, fourteen hundred meter horses to take ours on, because um, yeah, they're not good enough uh, here. Because ours are quite good. You know, Zaki, fuck, what an old what an old battler he is. He's probably suited on a soft track, but. He can only improve and looks on track for everything in Brisbane. Mm. Yeah, especially when it's wet. I don't think that's going to help the Japanese, that's for sure. Mm. Um, okay, look, if we just take a tangent to the JRA plate, because the sectionals set by Pride of Jenny uh, were hilariously good early. Uh, on the In terms of the class, 12.8 lengths fast to the 600. Um, if you break down... And I'm, I know you can't exactly do this, but if you just take the the general fourteen hundred meter split that Pride of Jenny's run, it actually <laughs> runs second in the all aged, which is <laughs> kind of hilarious. Um, again, like you've got Pride of Jenny going up to two thousand meters and running 
ridiculously fast times early and then you've got Cascadian not going to a 2,000 metre race and going to 1,400. So I don't really know what's going on tactically in Sydney. But it was very funny reading Regan Bayless's comments afterwards in that he was given seemingly a, uh, a directive um, to try and ride the horse with a space early and then try and accelerate mid-race, which I still don't know what that means and I feel kind of sorry for Regan. Rob, what were you thinking mid-race? Watched it with the old man he was calling it. He was saying he was, I was just watching the, the flux in play. It was <laughs> traded about $6 when it was got all that way in front. Um, looked, it was, I think it was like 11, you know, low 11s, uh, furlong sectionals. Um, well, this is a tough race to bet into. They all look fairly well, and we know they're all not that good um, these days, but they, at least they've got a good tempo. I thought... Huidor was could only run a good race despite it having poor form. Um, it's got pretty close in the end, and Diamond. I'm not surprised we're on at last start. <laughs> we haven't followed up here, but I think it had Barrier 13, and J Mac was enough to to get it home. I guess. Yeah, Mark. Did you have any thoughts going into this race? Um, not really. I, I had a small bit on quality time, but you know when they, when they go that fast in. I was going to say anything could win, which is not the case because Zymon was certainly one of the leading chances on paper going into the race. But it it was another one that looked it drew what the the extreme outside I think. And yeah, it was mate. Yeah, yeah. That, that two thousand meter start at Randwick, you know, yeah, well, you... starts on a bend. It's drawn sixteen or something. It's like well, probably it's yeah. Jake. It's got a chance, but you couldn't back it. I thought, and then then as soon as um, well, if we'd been privy to the text messages sent by this bloke who owns Pride of Jenny, then it would have just changed the whole complexion of the race pre race. Um, I think, yeah, they've um, – I mean, it's a stupid thing for an owner to do in the first place, but, geez, the um, the stable and the jockey have really put him in after the race. <laughs> you know, they just have held up their hands saying nothing to do with us and put the bloke straight in. Well, yeah, the horse might be completely cooked. I know she's been obviously racing in some extremely quick tempos over the journey, yeah. but first time up in trip, it's not exactly a, a smart game plan, is it? And it had the, had the lead to herself there to to yeah. lead at a moderate pace and then yeah. up it from about the eight hundred would it might have yielded a much better result for them. Because she's been parading really well the last couple of starts. I think she sucked me in. She, or anyway, she was enough to put me off a tissue um, the other week. And yeah, this 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 owner is obviously you know thinks he's a fucking genius. Yeah, he's a fucking dunce. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fair, fair play to the race, you know, to, to was it Kiramar and those guys <laughs> just going. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they were well. Me is not here. It's over there. <laughs> if we uh, now head to the other group, one, the Champagne over the mile, very slow tempo, 5.4 length slow to the 600. Uh, Militarize, short favourite, Joe Marrera on board. Didn't really matter that it was in a bit of an awkward spot, I guess. Um, I don't know it's beaten anything of much substance, Rob, but what did you, what was your impressions here of the two-year-olds? Backed up very well, set it out on top, and then I went, oh, I'm not sure it was Animo was in the 1,400 size or the champagne, but you know, it was a similar price, and Animo yeah. had run in everything really good, and I just couldn't pull the trigger on this, even though it was the, the definitely the pick of the yard. He's, he's a smaller horse. I think he's suited by the track. He's... You know, he's a good spit to his um, sire, Dundee, or eats a Dundee when I was betting on it, um, or price here or whatever. Um, but, yeah, he, he paraded absolutely beautifully, and he did look the horse to beat. I thought Tom Kitten had, had 
at least maybe improved his attitude a bit in the yard. He's kind of gone into a decent looking horse. Um, but yeah, old bases loaded. Got you know he's a bit fat, bit sweaty. He got he got both. He was both those still things still in this race on the parade. He, he was hard to have, but I knew his you know his form was sort of that B plus sort of two year old form, which is you know who knows what it is once they become spring three year olds. Mm. Yes, that's a very good point, uh, Mark. You mentioned before that you wanted to take on militarized to a certain extent. What was the the basis of that pre race? Um, I his sires win rated very well. Mm. Uh, I mean, it looked impressive, and you know the, the clock on the day backed it up. Um, so it was easy to see why he was as short as he was. But I just didn't want to trust that form. That was a dicey, dicey track that day. They were winning at odds, including militarizer. You know, horses were winning without names there, and I thought, well, there's every chance he comes off it could easily be a spike run. Um, I didn't like Don Corleone either from its barrier. Um. I was hoping for a result, something out of the Fernhill, which, in retrospect, probably wasn't. Was probably that was probably wishful thinking. Uh, the Fernhill didn't rate that highly. It wasn't fast run, but I just thought, well, they've had the experience at a mile, and they're on the quick back up. These horses like Tom Kitten, etc. Um, so it was the one I was sort of hanging my hopes on. The market agreed with me. It was pretty solid, Tom Kitten, but he just was outclassed by Militarise. It was yeah, showing that the size win was no fluke. Uh, he does have some ability. Rob's dead right in saying, and whether that translate or not translates or not in the spring is entirely another issue. But for you know what we've got in front of us over fourteen and sixteen hundred at this stage of their um, careers, he's he's the best. Okay, uh, one other race of interest on the card is the Hallmark. Uh, very slow tempo once again. So we've seen two horses that have managed to settle three wide, no cover, and it didn't really matter because the tempo was so slow. So seven lengths slow to the six hundred here. Uh, the lead set by Cole Crusher which was well-supported there late and then dropped in a hole and didn't even run the place, which is great. Kalana, um, <laughs> which was scratched from the Winterbottom Stakes and ran around completely unsuited in the Gold Rush. This is first up, uh, very strong first up profile for this horse, Rob, and you nailed it from the yard. Not just me, the old man. He had a big, big circle around the one. Um, yep. uh, I, I thought, but God, the Godolphin horses are parading well at the moment, you know, so... Full credit to, um, yeah, that operation. Um, yeah, this this horse is, is is A grade. I'm not sure how much better or worse he is than, and I compare him to a horse like Private Eye. I was on him in the, that we're talking about the Golden Eagle. I think he drew barrier 20 in that, um, which is half the problem with the Golden Eagle. You know, you've, you've probably got four good four-year-olds and you've got 15 horses just like clogging up the race. Um Anyway, yeah, Valana, uh, he defied the pattern early, so this mo- I, I was pretty pretty happy with this this win. And, you know, me and my old man were congratulating each other on how, how much of a genius we were. Job well done, Mark. What did you think of uh, the race beforehand, and then also what are you taking of the race going forward? Uh, the win is pretty good. Oh, is the first thing I'll say. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't want to be on it. I was surprised Rob was on it. No, not of the yard, but I just got the map, and the map panned out as I thought it would. He had a horrid run in transit and just blew them away anyway. That's a sign of a very good horse indeed. Yeah, uh, you might recall uh, last week our good friend Gareth Hall on SEN uh, was having a look at the futures market for this race and said, Valana, $3.50, it'll start closer to 2 than $3. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, will it? Will it? And <laughs> I was right. It started over $3, but it won like an odds on chance. So uh, <laughs> too good there, G Hall. Yes, indeed. Uh, that's just how it works. 
with racing <laughs> sometimes. Um, look, other notable performances on the day, uh, Alentia, decent figure there in winning the HB car stakes and uh, Tamerlane as well, uh, winning the benchmark 100 there in race nine. But Rob, uh, is there anything on the card that you really want to follow going forward? Uh, Zaki, but yeah, I haven't backed him too many times. I think he'll, you know, there'll be knockers because he's a nine-year-old. Um, you know, a race like the Dooman Cup or what would he get in a Stradbroke? I don't know. Anyways, Zaki, <laughs> the old boy. That's fair. Totally uh, nothing. Mark for yourself. Um, I like her. I think probably because I backed her, but Alenti is going to win more races. She's a she's a good horse. She's she sat right on a hot speed there, and um, you know nothing really took ground off her in the last hundred. She's um, she's a very nice filly. I think was some interesting different form lines going to that race, wasn't it? Just coming out of uh, the the Queensland prep last preparation or in her first preparation, and then yeah. Hawkesbury first up. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, she was going up for the millions, wasn't she? And it just came up a bit quick for her, obviously. Um, but they obviously rated her that highly. The, the, I backed her off the Hawkesbury run. Now, she's she, face value, you might have thought that was an ordinary win for an odds-on chance in a midweek race. She's only run by a head. But there was about seven lengths to third, and they ran really good time for the day. Um, and she looked to map really well in the rear run. So that, that was why I liked the pre-race. Yeah. And the other two, uh, Magic Time and Opal Ridge, had run on that very wet track last night as well. So that was a... That may have taken its toll because they were both uh, a bit below par on Saturday. What have you made of the Magic Man being based out of Sydney in his retirement lap of the world? Yeah, oh, fa- fantastic condition. If we could get them all here at the one time, um, J Mac and Huey and Zach and uh, Magic Man, that'd be uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would actually make racing a little bit more interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, you can have Rachel I'd, back though. <laughs> I'd still want to. I'd still want to be on Jay Collett. Well, he's he's in the, he's a top class Sydney jockey now, and that's as high a prize as you can get for a jockey in Australia. Well, uh, and he, he goes for the gaps, and you're you're really left with Jay Collett going. Ah, oh, I've been completely. I've walked into one there. <laughs> now we did get one other question, and was on the Discord server for us. Why do so many top Perth horses get ridden miles back and run? I thought it was an interesting question to raise uh, with you guys. Not so much about Perth in specifically, but in general, trying to identify jockeys that have intent and can possibly show that from wide barriers, what's or which of the jockeys in Sydney currently would you put up as as jockeys you can trust from wide barriers if you're trying to map them in the first, say, four and run? Generally, Nash is yep. the first one that springs to my mind. Um, Hippo used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 B-grade, B Nash. We'll, we'll stick to jockeys who've ridden in the last four years. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, most races run at slow tempo, so that, that finding this, identifying this, is um, a gold question. So whoever yeah. um, brought it well, up, full credit. When, when we had that chat a few years back with Chris Waller, uh, one of the things that was interesting that he said that they just decide tactics off the barrier draws. You know, if they draw eight, they reckon they're going to be probably eighth in run. You know, they just you know if they draw low, they'll be a bit, a bit more positive. But they. You know, they have a, you know, a million runners a week, so they have a bit of a template, I suppose, they just work to. It's like, we draw a wide, we're going back. We draw low, we're going forward. And that's probably yeah. the way that it operates in Perth as well. Very old school. Not many trainers are doing speed maps. There's not much tactical nous. Mind you, depending on some of the major trainers, apparently you listen to on radio in Melbourne, they don't believe in speed maps either. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> what hope do you have if you 
have an on-speed galloper and you think, well, I've got this jockey on board, maybe they'll just roll forward, maybe they won't. But I think in Perth, you've, you've really only got a couple of apprentices these days that are showing any form of intent, and that's Holly Watson and Kesh Duran. And, uh, you know, like even Paul Harvey, who typically can be an aggressive jockey, can't seem to get a horse out of the gates at the moment. So <laughs> if you're missing it by like half a step or, a, you know, a length, you, you're really battling to then get the horse to, to muster early. So... Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best way of summarising it is that you still just get a real lack of top-end smarts, uh, particularly in Perth. And I don't know from what I've done in Sydney, which is largely data and replay-driven, I find the maps really, really difficult to get right up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it's, it's driving me insane slowly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trying to trust, you know, maps and things. Um, yeah. Maybe it's, I was just... Probably in Sydney... In... I was going to say, you know, maybe don't put too much store on maps, but that's easy to say. Yeah. But with a track like Saturday, you could find, you could say, okay, well, I'm not going to worry about the map too much, and that's fine the way the track played. But then you get a Canterbury, yeah. you know, one laner, or you can get one laners at Rose Hill when it's firm, you know, and, and sometimes at Randwick, and then, then the map is crucial again, you know. And yeah. then if you bet heavily pre-post, you're cast. 900 at Newcastle. The old man tipped the first thing at 50s. Jess Tafari, who's that? It's like, probably no good, Dad. Don't forget about it. <laughs> Get up there on the line. Sometimes you can know too much in this game, maybe. Look, that, that's that's uh, anchoring bias, uh, Rob. You know, they, they've all got a price, even just El Ferrari. You can't, you know, you've got to, I mean, if you found one at 50s, you're entitled to have a couple of bucks. Oh, on that's what I said to him. I said, there's... No one likes to hear that after the after the race, but he was he was, he was still smug about it. Um, good, good 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 to find. He he had a dollar a dollar the place on something at two hundred to one in that prior to January race, you know, sixties. Um, he's yeah, he, he just loves the game to be right. I guess we all like to be right. Um, money's good too, though. Yeah, money's good too. But you know, um, not the way I'm going. Anyway. Um, I'm not at Hawkesbury next week. Thank God. Yes. So I'm just trying to bring up the week ahead and I've gone to the wrong part of the Race New South Wales website. So Warwick Farm. Warwick Farm on Wednesday. I'll be there. Track should be pretty good. Um, it's the track I'm probably closest to getting results at the moment, I feel. Newcastle last week was pretty close. So I thought I saw him pretty well. Um, but, yeah. Shout out to Paul Donovan, still getting the weekly sub. <laughs> And then, uh, as you mentioned, Saturday, you've got, what, Hawkesbury Guineas, uh, Hawkesbury Gold Cup. Hawkesbury Crown. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably send, send something out for it. I'll, I'll definitely have an interest. Um, I'll be, you know, be interested to see who goes where. Looking out for Altivo running um, as well. Um, but, yeah, um, I think we're in Gosford in a week or two. Think about it. It's back. So, you know, we'll roll on. Um, Brisbane, but with some good horses running around somewhere. Also got Anzac Day coming up next Tuesday. So uh, it's one of those weeks where there's meetings everywhere and it gets a bit messy. I've, got, I've, got, I've, I've been tipped to two-year-old. I'm going to run on Anzac Day. Won't be there, but I'll be back in it. Okay. Well, make sure you send that through to us, Rob. <laughs> um, okay, very good. Uh, enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend off, Rob. Uh, should be a good one. Mark, thank you very much for joining us as previous, and we will catch up next time on the mailbag. <laughs>